0: It's just a bunch of witty banter. Hey, hey, hey! I love a quip. You have a quip. We
1: both love a quip. It's just cadals. Pero pepo. A pepo, a pepo, a
0: pepo. Better bow up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Witty Banter, episode number sixty-seven. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Williams. Joining to me, <laughs> joining to me is Hunter Dorsetta. Him.
2: Hello, hello,
0: hello. And Max Scott. Oh, howdy, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just had to fucking go with the weirdness on that one. My mouth just broke for a minute there. That well, happens to it's the okay. best us. It happens, yeah. yeah. How are we doing
1: today, everybody? Swell. I'm doing, I'm doing actually really good today. I am so close to reaching uh, Ultra Gold on Street Fighter. So I'm in a really good mood. Yeah,
0: right how, many, so. uh, how many points is Ultra Gold?
1: Uh, it's 6,500. I'm at like 6,200, 6,300. That's wow. fucking gross. Yes, thank you. I'm I was stuck disgusting. at tw- 2,000. Oh, well, you'll get there, man. I swear. There's, like a, <laughs> there's a seal that you're going to break one day, and you're just going to be like, Max, check my account. And I'm like, platinum. I <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> <gonna> be- <laughs> got invited to EVO.
0: <laughs> well, by the time that this is out, it'll be EVO weekend, man. EVO 2016 is uh, here. Yeah. Wow, that's s- awesome. So
1: excited for EVO, my gosh. I cannot wait to watch top eight EVO, the first who Street do you, Fighter Five. Who do
0: you want to see come out on top Street Fighter V?
1: Uh, do you know who I would want more than anything in the world? As much as I love watching Tokido's Ryu, is if Daigo just came in, yeah. and just proved to everybody that like, dude, he's still here, yeah, and he's ready to fucking work it.
0: That's how I feel. Is like I feel like everyone's default answer kind of is and should be Daigo, because he's yeah. like the lovable elder statesman of Street Fighter. Oh, absolutely, nicest well, guy you'll ever meet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd like
2: Fred Flintstone to make it in there. You know,
0: yeah, he's he's okay. He's up and coming. <laughs> yeah, all, right. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Woody Banter reviews beers, and today we're going to keep that tradition a-rolling with uh, Hunter. What beer are we doing? So today,
2: we are doing the Sixth Glass quadruple Ale, and uh, it's by Boulevard Brewing Company, which is a Kansas City, Missouri brewery, and this is a part of their Boulevard Smokestack series. Uh... From what I found on Beer Advocate, it is 10.5% alcohol by volume. Damn. This thing's, this thing's a heavy hitter. That is so much. Um, we It's 22 IBUs, so not very bitter. And um, there's a little, you know, like most beers that we review, there's a little excerpt on the back. Gotta have it. The sixth glass is a deep and mysterious libation. <laughs> I
0: thought you were going to do some walking right there. <laughs> the sixth glass.
2: The sixth glass. Uh, dark auburn and full-bodied. Tempting aromas of date and fig precede a multi roundness and a warming finish that fairly begs for another taste.
1: I don't think enough people talk about how delicious figs are, so I'm really yes, excited Yes, dude, for that.
0: seriously. The yeah. best, one of the best meals I've ever had was in Prague, and it was like this layered potato gratin cake slice, but on top, they had oven-roasted figs wrapped uh, in bacon, and it was like living news. in medieval times. <laughs> yeah, oh, my. I'm sweating <laughs> oh over <my>. here. <laughs> that sounds fucking erotic. <laughs> fucking <laughs> <What? arousing. laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: So, yeah, I mean, just like by the initial look of it, it's uh, not very filtered or at least like you can't see through it very well. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's got (laughs) like, 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 yeah, yeah. I just (laughs) want to make sure, you know, you might have different pores or something. (laughs) Uh, You got like a dark, it's like a orange. Yeah, it says amber, dark orange, kind of like a little lighter. Would you say lighter than bronze or? What would you say, chase? How oh, would
0: you actually go for bronze? Yeah. It's like a redder <laughs> bronze.
2: I'd say it's on the same like light spectrum. Yeah, about as bronze, red
0: but like a red bronze. A copper bronze.
2: A copperish. A, yeah. Oh yeah, copper, that's the thing. And uh, has anybody taken any
0: smells, any any tastes? Taking smells of taking tastes. Immediately when I poured it up, you could kind of like smell how big it was. Like yeah. it kind of smelled sweet and alcoholic, you know? Yeah. That's to be expected. I can though. smell the alcohol for sure. Yeah, exa- yeah, which, yeah, like Max is saying, is to ex- to be expected with a Uh, quadruple ale, Um, the immediate thing I got when I tasted it was it's it's sweet, but it's like a deep, rich sweetness. Yeah, it's not like a piercing coat your teeth sweet. It's like a uh, it's like candied sweet. You Hmm. know, Hmm.
2: it's a little watery uh, as far as a mouthfeel for me. I guess I thought it was going to be whenever I get these, you know, these these big, full bodied ales you think it's going to be kind of thicker or at least i do and like or maybe even like syrupier but this is kind of it kind of just was washier it, it yeah. was thinner for me
1: i feel like you tend
2: to like assume
1: also like higher alcohol content and like sweetness to again kind of be like associated with that more like heavier beer so i think when you try a Tripel like this it's you know
2: kind of unexpected when you hit it seems like very carbonated as well no
0: yeah. yeah i, I it poured with a pretty substantial head on mine. Um, Mine,
1: like, dissipated, though, real quick. Like, it just, like, the head on mine just kind of flew out. And I feel like all the bubbles are, like, very loosely kept together in the end. So it's almost like for show for a second, and then you set it down, and it's, like, strictly business.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding around. I'm here to (laughs) play. No, seriously, though. Put me in, coach. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: All right. Anything else to add before we move on?
2: I'm very excited. That's a good summation.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Max, I'm excited. have you seen I, I chose The Swiss year, Army so. Man yet? No, I haven't, but I was going to, and I, I need to. We will follow up on that next week, I promise. All right,
2: I'm
0: not going to uh, belabor the point, but go see that right. movie. I will, absolutely. <laughs> the second thing I want to mention before we get started is I played and finished that game inside this morning. Really? Holy fuck, dude. Man, last time I... Talk to you, you hadn't even started it yet. It's only like three hours long. Holy fuck, oh, what? <laughs> dang, I didn't realize it was so short, but that's still awesome. It's one of the most impressive games I th- I think that exists. Oh, so, so How like, so? Like gameplay, visuals? It's... The only way I can kind of describe it is it's almost... It, it feels like literary. It feels yeah. like it is the like a short novel equivalent of a video game. Like the whole time I was playing it, I was describing it in my head as if it was a book. Like, okay, if this was a book and um, the exposition was simply what I could see right now, this is how it would read and this would be the coolest fucking book ever. Yeah, It's kind of how I was going uh, with it. Like, I honestly think it has, it is more artistically complex and impressive than like Radiohead's new album is. Oh, man.
2: (laughs) Shots fired, dude. Radiohead, step your game
0: up. It it took them six years to make, and it's only three hours long, and you can see every day of that six years on every moment of that game.
1: Wow. That that sounds dazzling. I just, I have not heard one bad thing about this game, but at the same time, I've not heard, like, you know, it was a beautiful summation of the game, but I still have, like, no idea even how it, like,. play it it
0: works it's essentially a 2d puzzle platformer yeah and uh it's incredibly atmospheric it has a stark and focused art aesthetic Mm -hmm. and it tells a very interesting orwellian story that at the end takes a turn that no one in their in their like could ever hope to guess is coming and it's easily probably one of the most exciting and engaging in sequences for a game I've ever played, damn,
2: damn, that sounds really uh, titillating. That's like the
1: next level, I think, that games really need to push for. Not that I've played a whole bunch of like story-driven games, but I can see that like you a lot develop. of times with video games, at least with the games that I've experienced, which are maybe usually focused around something else, i.e., fighting games or it's like <laughs> shooting games or something like that. Sometimes the story is always left so much by the wayside, but there's something so impressive about playing and being involved in, like, an incredible story. Like well, that's what's so interesting
0: is story you. and gameplay are, like, almost perfectly at odds with each other because at the end of the day, gameplay is simply, like, a combination of unit operations and code. Mm-hmm. And the more you do those operations over and over again, it's going to diminish the impact of what is on the screen. And therefore, once you've played your 100th hour of The Witcher, you're not looking at Geralt (laughs) the Witcher anymore. You're looking at just this avatar that you've been with for (laughs) 100 hours. I'm looking at myself. (laughs) 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 I'm looking in a mirror. But when a game can pair gameplay and use gameplay to reinforce the theme of the game, that is when those two things can exist in harmony. And this isn't a game that tells a specific story. This is really more so a game that... Has a theme is going to give you a feeling in your gut and is going to make you ask questions over the meaning of what you saw after you saw it. Oh, it's a perfect awesome. kind of
1: story in general, not just a game. It's exactly what you want to get out of any riveting story you get. So, would you say that it benefits from being as short as it was? Did yeah, you feel absolutely, like you man. Because like more the, or it was too short or anything.
0: Yeah, the pacing is perfect. Like you get these slow moments, you get these incredibly, t- incredibly tense moments as well. You're never really doing the same thing twice. And because of that three-hour mark, it's able to just sort of, like, do what it does, do it masterfully, get in and get out,
1: you know? That's awesome, yeah, like, a nice closure to that. I will
2: will say that, like, even just from a project management perspective, working on something for six years that's only going to be three hours in duration, like, that's incredibly impressive and that requires an incredible amount of discipline to, like be that focused and be like, no, we're not straying. We're not going to make some massive hunk of junk. Like, this is going to be what we want from start to finish. Like, that's awesome.
1: For them to really deliver on a product like that that's held to such a high standard for being in development for six years. Seriously. 30 minutes is a year of work. Like, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's that's pretty wild. That is a lot. That's very And yeah. I feel like it's met like, and far exceeded them, actually. So,
0: yeah. So, that, Max, I know yeah. um, that you usually just focus on Street Fighter, but this one is only three hours. And I would say if you can find three hours either at night or in the morning, or even just play it in an hour and a half burst, yeah. play through this game because I would love to talk to you about it. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Well, hell. It's very I'll check it out, Chase. <laughs> I was going to say, for three hours. <laughs> who doesn't have three hours? Am I not invited? Yeah. You got to have a PC to play it, Hunter. Oh, sorry. No. Oh, Womp, womp. All right, let's get into the news. This is Witty Banter. Uh, what, are you
1: are at, yeah, <laughs> so, what are you looking at, Chase? What are you looking at, Chase?
0: The first news story we have Warner Brothers settle with FTC over undisclosed Shadow of Mordor endorsement charges. The Federal Trade Commission and Warner Brothers Home Entertainment have reached a settlement settlement following charges that the Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor publisher paid YouTube creators to endorse the game without disclosing that they had been paid. In the fall of 2014, Warner Brothers enlisted YouTube stars, including PewDiePie, to promote Shadow of Mordor in a positive light, according to the FTC. These influencers were paid thousands of dollars for their work and were provided with advanced copies of the game. Although they were paid to do so, video uh, creators contracted by the publisher were not required by Warner Brothers to include conspicuous language alerting viewers that they were paid in- that they were paid endorsements. Instead, disclosures were buried deep within the video's description box, the FTC said in a statement about the settlement. Wanted to bring that up real quick. It's been making the rounds um, in my little circle of the internet, but since you guys aren't really directly involved with the video game industry, um, I just wanted to get your take on that. Is that so
1: bad? I mean. I don't know. I feel like I've seen a lot of like subtle advertising through things that weren't like so directly said that somebody was paid to advertise something like, you know, just marketing to where somebody's, you know, holding a Red Bull can or something just while they're out and about. And it's not necessarily like they have to walk around and be like, Red Bull paid me. Red Bull paid me.
0: So and yeah, that was actually my reaction. Like a lot of people on the on the Internet are like, you know, this is so bullshit and dishonest and blah, blah, blah. But it's almost it's like, well,
1: it's like we've been used to this for years it's advertising. Yeah. Why? You can't be like, dude, you're not going to believe the subway actually paid NBC <laughs> to fucking le- LeBron le-
2: actually yeah. drives a Mercury just because he likes it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> OK, <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yeah. But
0: I guess in those examples, it's really easy to tell when it's just an ad, you know, because it's like this is a commercial that Shaq is now acting in mm-hmm. to sell you fucking lotion, whereas these videos kind of just show up. Uh, on the YouTube channels, as if they're just normal videos.
1: But if you're gonna act like YouTube hasn't been like monetized in way, like YouTube is new TV, man. Like, yeah. Everything you see, and it's not Especially just those with commercials. The live movement, you know. It's you know, it's like putting, it's like the fucking like you know drinking Snapple during a TV show. You know, like you're not supposed to think like yeah, Snapple's not like we were
0: paid. Or yeah. The TV show <laughs> Other than we that we were 30 Rock Episode,
1: yeah.
2: So. Yeah, this is kind of surprising that. That people, I mean, do you feel like it was sort of even on people being like, duh, or do you feel like there was like some sort of like internet overreaction to, to this? I mean, I didn't
0: really read into it too much just because it didn't really interest me all that much What the people kind of like had to say about it. All I do know is that there was a few reactions that were like, you know, this is incredibly like dishonest and dis- disingenuine. And do you guys think it, it reaches that far to the, uh, you know, on the side of the I- spectrum?
1: I think you're just you're kidding yourself if you think that you're watching a streamer with over 10,000 probably viewers at once and are acting like it's this super personal experience that you and him or her are sharing. And it's not you watching essentially a TV show. It's not like you are not adding to this man's revenue by watching what he or she has to do, you know?
2: I do think it's like, kind of shady because like only in this, in the fact that like, when Shaq goes on and does his, you know, Icy Hot commercials, he's not doing it like... Like, those aren't being put out in the name of Shaq. Those are being put out under Icy Hot. And they're, like, in, like, he is... Icy Hot is basically, like, sponsoring him to be saying that. But then where it's, like, they have these underground deals to, like, make it seem like their game is better than it is, like, before or right after the release. And it's from people that are, like, really well-trusted. And it's under their name, like... It's under yeah. a guise. Like, yeah. I do think that that is shady. At the same time, like, I don't think it's unexpected. And I'm kind of surprised that games are, are... Or that, like, companies are willing to put their money behind that. I mean, I guess, you know, there that's is... Just, yeah, this should be that's a good just, thing.
0: That's just the new uh, landscape of marketing right now with, with video games. It's fucking crazy how much power these quote-unquote uh, influencers do have on YouTube. Because, like... Yeah. There, there's, there's GDC talks of these small indie games. Just like, yeah, you, uh, PewDiePie did a video on our game and sales went up four thousand percent that day. You know, it's
2: outrageous. I can't but believe that.
0: I mean yeah. he's got like millions of followers. You know, and there's many, many more just like him. And you know, that's why people like him now get badges to go see behind closed doors demos at E3 because they know the publishers know. Like, if we want to reach more people, we got to speak through, through these hosts. You yeah. know. He's got the Midas touch. Mm-hmm. He's got something, all right. <laughs> He's got some kind of touch, Uh-oh. I'll tell you that. Um. All right, this next, this next news has been an awkward episode already. Hey, gonna, man, <laughs> I kind of like sitting going, in the yeah. awkward,
2: you know, a little turtle. He's relishing get a, in it.
0: Got to embrace the cringe.
2: Yeah.
0: Of course. All right, next news story. Apple is working on its first original reality television series called Planet of the Apps. After months of rumors that Apple was looking to get into creating and distributing its own television content, the company has posted an open casting call for a reality TV show it's working on, according to 9to5Mac. Planet of the Apps will focus on a group of developers all competing for a spot to show off their app to some of the top picture... I just can't get through this because this sounds like the stupidest fucking TV show. (laughs) We know how Chase feels. <laughs> like, I. Tech, like the tech culture and like, oh, it's all the synergy and we're gonna fucking <laughs> be hot. <D-hop>, synergy. Right? <laughs> all these people in one spot getting their own reality TV show. I mean, it's, maybe it's hilarious. Maybe we should watch it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they're competing for a spot to show off their app to some of the top venture capitalists and possibly secure a $10 million investment. Um, I wanted to bring this up because now Apple's gonna be making TV shows.
2: Is well. it gonna. Do you know, like, what channel it's going to be or like, or is it going to be like a, sh- like a HBO probably thing? Or? Apple TV only maybe
1: or something like that. Or like wow. iTunes only probably.
0: Huh. Yeah. It does. It honestly doesn't say in the, in the news story, but the, the image they used on the uh, article was the Apple TV. I would imagine that they would be posting it to that considering it's their, you know, flagship. Yeah. It's their thing, but it's their thing.
2: I mean, is, so, is it kind of like a reality show, you feel like? Where it is like, a reality show, yeah. Oh, and they say yeah, no the, winning, the winning team
0: will have their app prominently displayed in the app store. Just pl- sound, pl- dude. This just sounds... Plunging into the depth. You mean they're
2: this just is developing? Like, who doesn't...
0: I think do Steve mean? Jobs is
2: rolling in his grave for something like I
0: think this. so, too, man. Yeah.
2: You know, like, this is that the sucks. kind of stuff where he'd be like, no. No, <laughs> we're not doing that. And, like, you know, now they're just trying to be relevant and, like, you know, plunge deep into the mediocrity. And it sucks.
0: Mm-mm. we're, we're used to Apple like setting trends and here they are following in the footsteps of like Netflix from years ago in know? the
2: bachelor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you think it kind of like speaks for the state that Apple is in? because as things start happening, what with like just Amazon and Netflix and all these things that I feel like I hear more about, And I always kind of wonder, like, what Apple is doing in the background or, like, why they're not sort of, like, expanding themselves out. Because I think they, you know, they were what? They were phones, right, for the longest time. Right. You know, that was what Apple was. And great computers, too. Yes. But, like, mostly they were. Well, even
0: before then, they were computers, also. Oh, yeah, I know. iPods. The The Apple II, the Macintosh. Yeah, and I know
1: all that. But, I mean, like, they, you know, became more of like the most relevant company ever when iPhones came out because they revolutionized phones and that's crazy but everybody else kind of caught up and now it's like not just like you have other choices now but like choices that people would probably prefer or things like that so they can't just kind of depend on that anymore and they kind of do need to like kind of outreach out into these other areas of social media and other like just media in general but it just seems kind of like a desperate move to be like hey Remember, like, you know, keeping Apple as something that's still in your mind all the time, even outside of a phone and things like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've we mentioned uh, many episodes ago about how sort of boring even the fact that they were doing a watch was, you know, and I feel like most of the Internet felt that way as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But I will say all eyes are on their Project Titan, their car. That's what I was going to say. That's really got to be the final. That's going to be the the turning point, you know, of, of what their future looks like. I agree or not.
2: I think that that I mean, they rode unbelievable highs and reached the summit. They're sitting on more cash than any company has ever sat on.
0: Keep those juicy metaphors flowing my way right now. honey. (laughs) (laughs) You got it, big guy. Uh,
2: But but, you know, they are at a spot where because I feel like from the mid 1980s to the mid 2000s, they were the leading innovators in new products. And now it's getting to the point where like they're pre- they're still putting out new products, but they're not innovating re- very well. And they're not like bringing stuff that people are like, hell yeah, this needs to be a part of my life. So if they really, I, I agree. I think that their project Titan, if even if that, I still don't have, I never hear anything about uh, project Titan, like in the news or anything, but I do think that that will be a very decisive, business venture for them and like whether or not they're going to still but be on that cutting edge
1: even though like i feel like when they spread themselves out this much it's almost like there's all these other competitors that are focusing on one thing and they're kind of spreading themselves thin at this point point. Yeah. and like what who are they kidding when they're going to try to say like okay we're going to compete with like netflix original shows or even like amazon or hulu original shows when they dominate that market you're going to go over here and say like You know, like phones are still their cash cow and they're still their thing, but that's still like, you know, Samsung's over here not giving a fuck about anything else for the most part, (laughs) you know, and then they're going to go over here and be like, we got this new sweet car and you're like, oh, is it like the Tesla, you know, and it's just like, well, it's just going to be kind of held to these like individual standards that all these people are kind of all focusing on and it might end up, they might just end up at the end of the day with just like a slew of pretty good products.
0: Yeah, which yeah. is like. I mean, I um, will say Apple is like the richest company in the world, so it's probably yeah. hard for them to actually spread themselves thin. But I do sure. agree with you that like, yeah, like, why are you getting into making TV shows? Like, this doesn't make sense for who you are. You know, mm-hmm. I think with the car, they do have the potential to come out and be like, oh yeah, we're the fucking best again. You know, like, yeah, I think that's totally in the realm of possibility. But as far as everything else, I'm totally, I'm totally with with you, Max.
1: Is there anything like particularly special that they've released about the car that's supposed to be? Like? Yeah, I was going
0: to ask you that, Chase. Yeah. Other All I the know, the last I heard was that they're poach- actively poaching engineers from Tesla, um, and that it's going to be, I think, an electric self-driving car. You know,
2: I mean, it it should be. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the standard now for new cars. <laughs> if it's, which if is it's ridiculous, it's not like. an ecosystem built yeah. into that freaking car. If it doesn't massage me on my way to work. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, that's another, I mean, it's another good point. Like they're going to, they're going to have to overcome Tesla, which is like the burgeoning new Apple in a lot of senses.
0: Yeah. Except cool. Cause they're going to space and shit. <laughs> you know,
2: true. Except they're cool and not putting out stupid TV shows. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the next news story. This All one right. reads, Amazon says prime day orders jumped 60% over last year. Amazon.com Incorporated said customers place 60% more orders worldwide in its second Prime Day sale despite early glitches, cementing the event's position as an annual shopping festival for online shoppers. Damn. The retailer said it recorded the largest daily sales for Amazon devices on Tuesday, helped by heavy discounts. And we're recording this, of course, on a Wednesday. The Fire Stick was the best-selling device. Orders rose by more than 50% in the United States, Amazon said, and orders placed on the company's mobile app doubled. So, I just wanted to bring this one up to talk about Amazon in general and just how much they're thriving. And, Max, I know you're a huge Amazon fan as well, he so just I asked what, but yeah. That's why I was confused. I was like, Day Hold is. up,
1: hold up. Did I miss something awesome?
0: Yeah, you did? I yeah. think it's yeah. like, <laughs> the,
1: Prime Day.
2: I'm pretty sure it's like the Brack Friday Bundadoo of Amazon. <laughs> no,
0: it's like the Brack awesome. Friday Bundadoo cross steam summer sale of Amazon. That's just my two favorite things ever put
1: together. So, yeah. like, oh my god, dude, that sucks that I kind of missed that.
2: I actually had never heard of that before either. I guess it was because, like, <laughs> since it, it it is, I guess, its second year of doing it, I guess the first year didn't have as big of an impact. But like, I guess they must have marketed it more this year because even at work, like I had never heard of it, but people at work are talking like, oh, it's Prime Day and this is 50% off and blah, yeah, blah, blah. And a million
1: things I need that I wish I had fucking
2: <laughs> gone to Prime Day I to need. find out.
1: I got a lot of stuff that I need to get <laughs> and I missed it.
0: Yikes. Well, look, in a, in a single year, orders went up 60%. So That's I just great. think it speaks to the health of Amazon's business right now and just showing how successful they are um, at dominating the marketplace as this digital storefront for literally fucking anything.
2: Yeah. Yeah. that's like what I was almost like going to segue or not segue, but like I was going to draw that, um, that dot there, the connection between the dots in our last one where we were talking about Apple being spread too thin. And I was going to counter that point with like people like Google and people like Amazon or companies like Google and Amazon that are, Getting their hands in literally everything, I mean, I know Amazon is still like yeah, the thick. worldwide like they're they're mostly just selling products the way they always have been, but like yeah, but they're they still own a getting, game
0: developer, you know yeah,
2: and like don't do they own twitch now,
0: they own Twitch, yeah.
2: Dude, it's crazy. Like, they're just starting to own everything. They got all the books. They got the Kindle. They got the (laughs) Echo. They got books. They got Kindles. (laughs) They got shows. They got clothes. So you said that the Fire Stick...
0: What is that like, yeah. a, new, uh, it's like a, a
1: Chromecast, right? But for Amazon, it's
0: some sort of high-powered dildo or something. I don't know. <laughs> cool. I was gonna uh, say like a witch's it's like icy broom. Hot on it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, like a USB that you plug in and gives you it gives you like Amazon's video services and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cool.
2: Yeah, interesting. Well, yeah, I, I didn't take part in the festivities.
0: Me neither. I kind of wish I would have though.
2: Yeah, for real. I'm, I'm trying to keep the co- the pockets concise for the most part right now, you know. Saving mode, Hunter Dorset. Yeah,
1: well, that was your chance to splurge on some of the things that you That was wanted. your nickname L- in high school.
0: I guess, yeah. I, guess you're tr- I
2: guess you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. All
0: right. This last news uh, <laughs> item is kind of the one I've been wanting to talk about the whole show. Okay, I know what it, it is. <laughs> it, so. It's going to be uh, the topic of the show. I in know a, in what a it is. matter of ways. Jeez. But... Pokemon game adds $7.5 billion to Nintendo market value in two days. (laughs) Shares in Japan's Nintendo company, um, LTD, soared again on Monday, bringing market value gains of $7.5 billion in just two days as investors cheered the runaway success of Pokemon Go, its first long-awaited venture in mobile gaming. In the United States, by July 8th, two days after its release, it was installed on more than 5% of Android devices in the country, according to web analytics firm (laughs) SimilarWeb. It is now on more Android phones than the dating app Tinder, and its rate of daily active users was neck and neck with social network uh, Twitter. The analytics firm oh said, "Oh my god, it is unreal." The game watching a is phenomenon also the game it. is also being played an average of 43 minutes a day, more time spent than on WhatsApp or Instagram. It added, "Jesus Christ, fucking, dude, it's
1: insane how this has we're been witnessing the most exciting thing I've like seen
0: this. in the gaming
1: like sphere." Ever. It's cataclysmic. It's drama filled. It's fucking like awesome. Got drama. <laughs> it
0: has everything, dude. It's cool. Like, yeah, I really uh, wanted to finally just talk about this game ad nauseum with you guys because, dude, I'm fucking blown away. I can't tell you how happy I was going through my Twitter feed and seeing all of these fucking turbo nerds <laughs> who are like, I am finally leaving the house and walking around. Yeah. It's like socializing. It's amazing. It has I co- great benefits. Yeah, yeah I, I coded it in a bit of sarcasm, but real talk. There are game mechanics in this game that are tied to walking large distances. This is getting people out of their houses and exercising for the first time in a long time. And, like, they're motivated to do so. Like, this guy on my Twitter feed was like, walked another 11 miles a day the next day. Walked six miles a day the next day. I am so sore from walking. And I'm like, this is fucking incredible. That's yeah. And not easy. only that, like, Max, like what you're saying... Like I went out and played on Sunday, and dude, everybody and their fucking mother was playing this game, mm-hmm. and we're all bumping into each other. We're talking about it. It's creating social capital. Like oh, there man. are new, there are numerous, numerous Facebook groups being created where um, meetups are being uh, orchestrated. You find there was a place in Austin that had fifty fucking people there, yeah. who all came Jeez. independently, and then they <laughs> all are just meeting each other and like it's dude, this is incredible.
2: It's it's it has so many like benefits right you have the ability to where yeah it does like incentivize you to go out and be active that's awesome and On, explore yeah and tied with that yeah that's what i was gonna say is explore which is like the meaning of fucking life <laughs> and to go and like check out new <laughs> shit and do new things and so like they're incentivizing people to do that also it's helping people meet new people and probably people that need help finding friends in a lot of instances yeah. dude you know and that's like it does create social capital. I feel like it's like the new way. It's like it's like Game of Thrones, but like times 10. Like it's taken off way more
0: than I even would have ever imagined it to. Yeah. I mean, fucking family members are texting me saying, what is this Pokemon Go? Like every it is it's it's that critical mass, you know, like more active users than fucking Twitter already. More time spent on it than
2: Instagram. That's literally that's amazing.
0: Yeah, and oh, like there's a well lot of people it. who've been there's yeah there's been a lot of people who've been like poo pooing it, saying, "Well, the game sucks." And it's like, look, yeah, the game isn't like the game itself is simple and not all that impressive. But that's not why this is amazing. It's amazing because of the phenomenon, you know. Yeah. I I had no idea, to be completely truthful, that the Pokemon IP had this much power still. Mm-hmm. You know, like to me, Pokemon had been relegated to an incredibly big. But, you know, like big, don't get me wrong, but a passionate fan base who bought the games on the Nintendo handheld consoles and still talked about it. But once it was released and it wasn't contained to just that hardware, the whole fucking world bought it, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, what I'm wondering is, is like, I'm sure that there are all sorts of demographics that buy this, but it has, I mean, it has to be the case. I have no substantial way of backing this up. But it has to be the case where the people who were ushered into Pokemon when, like, Pokemon Yellow, Red, and Blue were coming out on the Game Boy, like, when, those, when they were kids and that was, like, the hot topic item. I mean, that's Those us. people are, like, yeah, those people are, like, 20 to 30 now. Yeah, you know? they got disposable income. And those are the people, yeah, those are the people that you want to hit. Those are prime target audience. And so, like, it's just, like, a perfect storm. I feel and, like that they and not only
0: out. that, but they, they smartly used the start, the first 150 Pokemon.: I in was this just game.
2: about to say that. That
1: was one of the most clutch things. You know they had to sit around in a meeting and like, discuss what they were going to fucking put in this game. How much? Because there's you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Pokemon that have gone on, um, like beyond oh, yeah. that. and give you know, the it's pitch to like 750. At that point, yeah, the pitch at that point would be to like kids. Yeah. It would be restricting you to kids because, you know, we all dropped off, obviously, after that 150. So when you make it just that 150 recognizable faces like that, the nostalgia comes back with it. It's fun. It's like just dorky enough, you know, for like everybody to be involved, for like you said, turbo nerds to be involved and people who weren't necessarily nerdy at all to be involved in it as well. So and
2: like going off of that, like just keeping it to the 150, the original 151, like. I don't think that they're going to be losing the kid market with that either. Like kids that like Pokemon are still going to play it with the 150. But like they're granting the original people that do have the nostalgia, the people who are like the originators of what made that game, what it was in the first place. Like they're granting them a little like trinket being like, Hey, we're acknowledging that we want you to like enjoy this just as much as anybody else or more. So I don't know. I'm, I'm super stoked on it. The thing is, I haven't uh, I haven't downloaded it myself. I'm completely sold conceptually. Oh yeah. I pretty much am just having to decide whether or not I'm going to let myself get into something <laughs> that I know will probably take hours and hours. Or of just my watch from afar. Focus you know? and time, yeah. I just it yeah. I it was
0: I, a lot of fun, man. I, I played it on Sunday and I went down to Auditorium Shores in, uh in Austin and I was probably out there for like three hours just walking around, hanging out um with Darian. We ran into another group of our friends just randomly. I was like, Oh my god, they're down here fucking catching Pokemon too. It's amazing. And like I don't know. I think it's something that you can pick up a little bit. You can pick up a lot of bit. Um, it's, It's awesome. The one last piece of news in relation to this I want to add is that Pokemon Go has already generated $14 million in revenue since launching last week, according to a report by Digital Analysis Superdata. Damn. So within a couple days, it made fourteen million dollars. So is that what is that ad? I mean, do you pay for anything in the game or? It's in-app purchases. So yeah, it's a free-to-play game, and you can buy items essentially inside of it. Um, yeah, and, oh, and things like that. Yeah. Yep.
2: Huh. Wow. I mean, I'm almost surprised it's not more. Like if you have, if you have five percent of all Android phones, that's one in every twenty people. Like that kind of. It do, it, I think it, the that fraction does it injustice, but like in actuality, that's pretty crazy considering. Yeah, I mean, well,
0: Android fo- phones are the market share. You yeah, know? like for there's sure, a fucking ton of them out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, man, I I think it's exciting. I've had a lot of fun with it. It and really, it it does like warm my heart to see my Twitter feed. People out there like walking and exercising and seeing things. It's just such an amazing phenomenon. Like I can't the big question is does it stay this intense for long you know like
2: yeah how much of it is fad and how much of it has staying power yeah i, I think have it's a good no question.
1: clue honestly well I think my initial reaction was honestly no and that like it won't have that long of a lifespan without like you know constantly being updated. Yeah. Well, it's like going to be. I mean, like and it, it will, certainly will be. But what does that mean cuz like how interested is it like how is it going to keep our attention by saying like well we added the next 100 pokemon that you've never heard That's of. That's
0: kind of what
2: I'm wondering is like when do they bring yeah. in the new pokemon? Cuz they're going to have to at some point and I mean, I think it
0: also it could be a smart. I mean, one there's like a few key features that they're going to add that aren't there yet that should be, things like trading pokemon um and, and such like that, but it would also be interesting too because I'm someone who, like, every time, like, a, po- a Nintendo handheld comes out, I'm like, okay, this is something that's clearly superfluous, but it's always kind of... It would be fun to have, so if I did want to play Pokemon, I could. It would be a really fucking cool if my Pokemon from this game would then transfer into that game. Yeah. Because there's really no way for me to get my original Pokemon from my Game Boy at this point onto wherever they need to be now, you know? What would be
2: cool? I mean... I think it would exclude some people. And I have seen like articles about how like people with disabilities and stuff, like kind of yeah. get the shit into the stick in regards to this, which yeah, our friend Dylan was sucks. talking about that. Yeah. I think that that's actually like a really valid point. Uh, but what would be cool if I was Apple, I'd want to jump on this train and be like, okay, we have all this stuff that's like geared around your health. Now you're going out and doing healthy stuff. What if you like trained your Pokemon by being, going out and like, you know what I mean? Like, if your Pokemon got better by you, like, doing push-ups, are you, like...
0: <laughs> That's the thing, dude. It's it's. I've been in the gym hours trying to think of how I can make an RPG tied to fitness in a meaningful way, you know? And it seems like these people have actually made a game tie into fitness in a way that was smart and is actually working. Yeah. You know, another thing that, like, would be fucking genius is, like, what if you could pay the company, the developer of this game, to say, hey, I want to be an official... PokéStop, and I will pay you X amount of money to put me in your app to get people to come into my store for items or something. Or like that's honestly, happening, dude. I
2: was gonna say it's gonna be affecting like Realtree or, or uh. people will pay like twenty five dollars a day to the developers of this app, and they'll have like this little blue antenna that goes over this thing, and it's like yeah. is more likely that they'll get like rare Pokemon or more often Pokemon, and people are probably getting like hundreds of dollars of customers and stuff. Just and, from Pokemon,
0: and not only that. Like when we talk about social capital being generated from this, I what I what I was thinking was like, dude, if they if they put points of interest in this game near charitable organizations, if they put, oh my gosh, if they put special items at polling stations in November to get yeah. motherfuckers to vote, you know, like, dude, yeah, I don't know. That's just me being excited and optimistic and happy about what this is, you know.
2: Yeah, it's got a lot of potential,
0: man. Yeah, it, yeah, it really does. Okay, well, that is all the news, so let's take a quick break and come back after halftime.
2: Okay, we'll do a little
0: bit. up. Uh. if you want to follow the show once the mics have turned off follow us on twitter and instagram at wittybantershow. show also like our
2: facebook page at facebook.com slash witty podcast and help the show get discovered by
0: leaving a review on itunes and finally steer the conversation by sending a question to witty show at gmail.com or suggest a beer for us to review by going to our website wittybantershow.com. that's enough plugs let's get back to the show we are back from halftime let's uh, let's keep let's flesh out the flavor profile of this beer i really i want us to get dig down deep and say some words about this alcoholic beverage here in our glasses
1: I agree. I think we should do that this time
2: around. So
0: are y'all, I, are y'all <laughs> getting into that fig that y'all
2: were bonerizing over so much earlier? Uh, not necessarily.
1: Unless you are, Chase. Then I am totally. <laughs> no, but I, I, don't, I don't necessarily like... Relegate to... I expected a lot of like, super unique flavor profile elements to this beer. And it's not that I don't like this beer, but I feel like I've had this beer before. It's because you love quadrupels. I do. I I was biased coming into this, which means that I'm also held to a higher standard. So,
0: huh. How does this one rank, oh master of quadrupels? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a modest a You modest, can't ask uh, him for a rank,
0: bro. Yeah,
1: not you yet. Wait you end true, of the show, yeah. <laughs> man. <laughs> nice try, I'm not asking dude. for a, a rating. I'm Just asking a for rank. a rank, like a metal rank. This is a uh, this is an, this is a super silver in terms of, <laughs> of beers go.
0: I you wouldn't know. know what that's like. It's unattainable for me right now. <laughs> like, a little better than Chase. <laughs> uh, this one's right above where Chase would be. Nah.
1: You know, just like that. Just like that, you know, like, you you know what you're doing, you know? You might not have hit that, like, next level, you know. I'll say, things. I'll say that, like... You got your bread and butters down. Yeah, you got it up. You've obviously been in the training room. Great, you know, good for you. But let's get some more experience in
2: there. <laughs> I'll say that, like, since it's warmed up, uh... You know, like the mix of the high alcoholic content and that sort of just sort of like bubbly readiness for bubbles of carbonation. It's like it's it stings a little bit. It's like it it's not like a smooth like, oh, I just can put this one back. Like I have to like purposely deliberately drink this one, you know, and not that it's not like it's not it's not that it's not good or anything. It, it, it I think it fits the style very well. But I will say that, like, I have to, I have to have my drinking hat on to, to, to be drinking this one, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's got a big old pangus. A pangus? <laughs> what? what? You have said that pangus? a couple times before. That always. <laughs> yeah. That always He's trying to make it
1: his quote, his that thing.
0: Always
2: takes now me that's back
0: a to No, uh, it's not. It's Boy not my thing. That's from uh, other podcasts I listen to. But, oh. uh, okay. That always takes me back to Boy Meets World, like, <gasps> to <pangus>. Yeah. <laughs> Look, this is what I'm going to throw out on this beer. I think it is. I, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's super rich and complex. I think it's accomplishing. Um, I think it's able to to pull off that complexity well. I, I'm not really thinking it's watery like you were, Hunter. This one actually mm. kind of feels more syrupy to me. Wow. Uh, in the in the mouth, but the flavors I get are those. Uh, it's just dark fruit. You know, it's like. What? What are you fucking?
2: I don't get, up with nothing, nothing. I don't get the syrupy. I'm just. Yeah, he's upset can, that you we disagree have with him. It's okay. No, we do. Have, it's great. It's yeah, that's great. That's we perfect. have different experiences.
0: That's it's life, bro. That so that's, that's wow. <laughs> <It's> the Pokemon <laughs> Go of beer. Um, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Wait. Yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, come yeah, down. Whoa, uh, so the flavors. It's got that plum. These deep uh, red fruits, like fig, plum, almost like raisin. Uh, it's it's sweet, but in like a candied sort of sweetness, like I said earlier. And I do think towards the back end, it's a little tart. Uh, the smell is actually a little bready to me. Like it's got some yeast to it, and I really yeah. like that. I just think it's a really interesting flavor profile of this like bready, uh, just yeasty type of smell. And then you get these deep, rich fruits to start out with and then like a lingering tartness at the end. It's really nice.
2: Nice. Yeah. yeah. I think it's I think it has like a little undertone of like this of maltiness and stuff as well. So yeah, I dig it. It's it's definitely yeah, I mean, it only has 22 IBUs. It's not very bitter. So it's it's definitely definitely a, a challenger. It's a competitor for sure. Agreed. <laughs> I gave my two cents in there. Right? Don't <laughs> fucking look at me
0: like you know what? you're just you waiting on me on to say something, Chase. Chase? You look on. Yeah. The thing is, I got a whole computer screen in front of me. I could be looking at anything. <laughs>
2: Chase has just been throwing some shade. Every once in a while, I just look at
0: the computer screen, and we're Shady like, Chase, "What is man. he doing over there?" <laughs> I'm an enigma, man. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to our segment. Let's—we're going to do one that we haven't done in fucking ages because honestly. Yeah, we're we're not very well versed in the subject matter, but we're gonna bring back our Sports Nation segment
1: right now. my win the football
2: game! Woohoo! I'm excited, dude. I think it'll be fun. I think, it will be I think what's great is that, you know, we soft- don't know
0: anything about sports. <laughs> the best part
2: is, is what's a sport? Well, it's good because I was telling like I was telling Max before before uh, the show, like our last renditions of uh, Sports Nation were like super niche. Like like I think one we were talking like pretty much only about F1 stuff. And like, I was like, I don't know anything about this. And then there's another one. Where we pretty much only talked about rocket stuff. We are going to go on the basketball trend here. Um, but there has been a lot of movement and trading and deal making in the NBA right now. Yeah. Can I just
0: start kick off the segment by saying that the Rockets got rid of Dwight Howard? Uh, you can say that. I'm going to address that. I say we, I say <laughs> we, uh, horses, lead into it, There's your fucking off
2: segue? Off hey man, yeah. I'm leading into yeah, it. You you just you just just let me take this. Let me take <laughs> it. Okay. So I'm going to pref Okay. No, actually I'm going to preface this with, uh, two legends. Two legends that we will never get to see play anymore. We know, I think that it's not really news. Kobe Bryant, not going to play next year, no longer going to be in the league. Great competitor. Well, yeah, it sucks
0: to see him kind of limp out of the uh, basketball scene. Nobody wants to
1: see somebody fade.
2: Everybody kind of wanted him to have one more, I think. And
0: I was one of those people.
2: It's like he wanted it enough and we wanted him for it, wanted it
0: for him. Uh, But also, Tim Duncan retired. Wow, that guy. As much as I hate the Spurs, <laughs> that man is an incredible human being, an incredible basketball player. And I think, like, when you just go and you read some of his like inspirational quotes, he is a shining example to like that you can live your life by. And like all of the, all of his like work ethic and stuff, I think transfers across anything. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's a shining light that's that's lost. You know, in the NBA because like I I, I think it's not out of uh, out of the realm of possibility. I think most people do proclaim this, that he's like pretty much the best power forward of all time. And he did that with incredible grace. And like, he's literally known for like having a straight face he's and, a not, and not saying a lot. <laughs> and that's like incredible, especially in today's society where like media hypes everything up. And so like, it does suck having him leave, even though I do hate the Spurs. And I honestly, I kind of hated watching him play, too, because he was just so boring. But he was so good.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you almost hate him for, like, making such a boring sport with such, or, like, making such a, a boring display of incredible precision. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, spice it up. Take some risks. Like, you're like, he's so good that he's playing it. I mean, he's playing basketball the way it Honestly, original, the the honest, was the most honest way to play basketball, and he's doing it to the team, and showing you that that at the tippy top of mm-hmm. being an honest basketball player is the pinnacle of being a basketball.
2: And player. him, him and Pop is a, a duo. We're like oh, incredible. Yeah. Um, so okay, so now I'm going to move into uh, like the more the people that are still relevant, the people that are still playing. Um, and I will preface this by saying that the cap, the salary cap, for all the teams. Moved from seventy million to ninety-four million this year, and I think a lot of that is because there was like a triple. There was a tripling of broadcast deals.
0: (laughs) It was a triple dog dare. (laughs) Yeah,
2: there's a tripling of broadcast deals going on, where like as far or not a tripling of broadcast deals, but a tripling in revenue of broadcast deals. So they were able to push the cap up, and so that was like an unexpected spike, according to Adam Silver, the commissioner.
1: Interesting. So ninety four million
2: dollars. <laughs> no, ninety four million dollar for the team. I think.
1: Oh, okay. Never mind. I was like,
2: maybe he's not. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> our first thing, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, just a premise, yeah, We experts. don't know what we're talking. We're about. experts. So, uh, I think that's like per year yeah. what they can pay out. So, I wanted to start with Dirk Nowitzki. All he right, got, man. He got a two year forty million dollar re sign with the Maps. Dude, did you see James Harden's resign? That was what I was going to bring up next. Throw this number out, man. Four year, $118 million with the Rockets. That's
0: gross. But I mean, Dirk Nowitzki's old as balls, dude. (laughs) Is he going to live that long? I think that guy actually is a ball at this
2: point. I seriously (laughs) cannot believe that he's going to get $40 million and go two more years. Like, he is old. Like, he's as old as old gets in the NBA.
0: But he's an icon, you know? Like, I mean, look at fucking Tim Duncan. That guy was like 40. Yeah, Tim was older than
2: you. (laughs) Tim Duncan had 19 seasons. That was incredible. But yeah, like,
0: I just didn't know Dirtna had it in him,
2: you know? I didn't know he was even looking for that.
0: I mean... Is if he's, he's gonna keep getting paid, why the fuck not? You know, yeah, but keep like throwing those
2: ugly shots and keep
1: draining
0: them.
2: One hundred eighteen million for <laughs> James Harden—that's the biggest number I saw in all my research.
0: That is pretty outrageous. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty insane.
1: Because I—I mean, I have all the love in the world for the Houston Rockets, and I hope they go far. And they
0: are my like—they are the team, dude. I've never wanted. I've never been more involved with the team than with the Rockets.
1: Yeah, and that's super great. But I don't like, and I think James Harden is an excellent basketball player. He's but worth the
0: money, dude. Don't even know How even much of that is it. hype, though? How much of the yeah, $118 he, million? Dollars? Is
1: he $118 dude, worth? it? he is it?
0: undeniably no. worth that money. Like, he is the piece of the puzzle oh, no. that the rest no, of... No, he's not. No. Yes, he is. Like, who else do you want besides him? Like, Kevin he is Durant, the kind of guy... Durant, Russ guy Darian, Russell, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> he's the kind of guy... He's
1: the uh, guy anybody that will build play defense.
2: Around, no, <laughs> I agree. Like, but, but, but I think it's... Dude, you cannot detract the fact that he doesn't play very good defense. You know, like... It sucks.
0: You can he, also not detract the fact that like, he has really shitty role players and didn't have a head coach for a year. I, I'm not trying to detract that fact. I'm just saying, the guy could give a
2: little more effort on the D side of things. <laughs> a little bit more of the D. But I'm do. I like, I'm excited that we got him for four more years. I think he's a great leader for our I think team. he's awesome. I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I
0: mean, know. I think
1: he's great. It's just $118 million great is a big great. It's a big, it's it's like,
0: over, that's over four years, though.
2: Yeah, and that's, that's that's almost thirty. That's not 30 million a year.
0: per year. That's total. I, no, I understand. Yeah, 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 no. That's
2: it's almost 30 that million. Is, uh, so <laughs> that is. So here's how do you math want me to works. do the math? Okay, you divide it amongst <laughs> the years. It's almost 30 million, which is about a third of the new increased cap, which is. Still pretty big. Okay, so now we're moving on. Those were both just like extensions and re-signings. So now we're getting on to the actual activity where shit's starting to change up. It's starting to get kind of fresh here, okay? These are people that are big enough names where you identify with these franchises through these people, okay? Up first, in order to replace the late great, not late, but the great Tim Duncan leaving the NBA, we got Pau Gasol going to the Spurs
0: now yeah it's interesting uh,
2: so we got Kawhi Leonard we still got Tony Parker mm. we still got Manu Ginobili those guys are all fucks but I, they're good
0: <laughs> Again, Kawhi Leonard is
2: great he like even though I don't like the Spurs he's I
0: will re- I can respect Kawhi I think Manu Ginobili is a fucking pimple
2: <laughs> I think that he brought flopping to the NBA it's just I me. think so too that's just me I think it's his Argentinian background but that's just me uh but yeah they still get a pretty solid lineup man like even with Tim Duncan leaving, like they're still going to be a yeah, force to be reckoned with.
0: They're the fucking Spurs, And they man. still
2: got Pop, dude. And he's, he's really like, I think he's just as valuable as any player on their team.
0: Oh, yeah. He's like 109. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's got a lot of cash. Um, so, <laughs> C-A- C-A-C-H-E. Uh, okay, so next, going to the Bulls, Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade. Are both oh, wow. going to the Bulls? That's
1: fucking insane.
2: But what I what I read was that like while that sounds outrageous on paper, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense with like the current lineup that they have. That like they might not have like the big players to kind of back them up and stuff. Um, so I think that'll it definitely like spice things up in Chicago. But I mean I don't know if they're going to be a whole lot better. But it is interesting to see like Dwayne Wade. You, everyone thought he was going to finish out his career in the, at, with the Heat, yeah. dude. Rajon it Rondo, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, he was kind of he seemed like a loose cannon a little bit, but
1: like, yeah. I mean, I think Dwayne Wade is definitely like the bigger name to be considered. Honestly, if Rondo went there by himself, I would be I wouldn't think anything of it, honestly. But I think having the Bulls be something a little bit more relevant rather than which I'm sure you're gonna get to, having Derrick Rose, which was just like an, like literally a name. Like I feel like I haven't <laughs> seen that man play. <laughs> for, it's like, really kind of sad yeah, what happened legit. to that
0: guy's career. Yeah. Yeah, that's which is really unfortunate
1: because he had the potential to be like one of the best basketball players of all time.
2: Seriously. And so that that's a perfect segue going from. Yeah, a, that's
0: <laughs> not the first one you've gotten today. <laughs> Thanks for setting me up like that, Max.
2: Yeah, you're
1: welcome, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> fucking,
2: are you kidding? <laughs> going from uh, people being going to the Bulls, coming from the Bulls, Joe Cam Noah and Derek Rose are now going to be on the Knicks. Together? That's yes. really cool. Yeah, I'm glad to see it's them nice sticking together. The so now yeah. they got Joachim Noah, Derek Rose, and Carmelo on the Knicks. And so yeah. I think that that's more sizzle than sausage. Oh,
0: uh, yeah.
2: I don't really know how... Uh, <laughs> I don't really know how substantial that will actually be in the end. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. the Knicks are still uh, fighting for life, but I mean, I don't really know. I don't follow the Knicks very
1: well. It'd be cool to see Derrick Rose rooting for him from the sidelines in a New York Knicks jersey. So that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean. It's been
2: four years since he won that MVP award, and he's gotten injured multiple Every times year. over. Yeah, and yeah. it's just, it really is. I agree. Like, it's sad. It's unfortunate. He's like, he's like a great talent. It's wasted, so. Mm-hmm.
0: He's also dumb as rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's watch some, his, dude. Go watch his interviews. <laughs> his it's, interviews are pretty uh,
2: astounding. It's, it's painful. Um, so yeah, now I was gonna I was gonna move on to to what you mentioned at the at the header with with Dwight Howard, and it's really an interesting story, right? Because like he got hurt. What, what was he on the Magic before he came to the, to the Rockets? Yep, and before and, then he
0: was at LA, right?
2: Oh, he went Magic Laker then Rockets, right? And then maybe. like. And, uh, and like, he didn't really work out for the Lakers, and so, like, he didn't really like it very much, and then he came to the Rockets, and everyone just thought he was going to be, like, the guy. And, like, while he definitely had his moments. Chase, I feel like you know, like, he didn't have that lasting, established just, power presence. Yeah,
0: I, f- I feel like at this point in his career, like, we've all... I feel like we've all been waiting for him to find that team that he's going to click with to really go off. But after watching him on the Rockets, like, extensively... It does just kind of feel like that maybe he's never going to ascend that extra level that we all thought he was, you know. I, and it I sucks because he's a he, like I, I think he's a likable dude. Um, I think he's a fucking massive human being, and he <laughs> looks Bowling like,
1: balls for <laughs> shoulders. So that's cool.
0: Yeah, like he looks like if by all accounts he should be awesome. It's just it sucks that he's kind of maybe he's never going to reach that that superstar status, you know.
1: I think if he if he didn't find it with the Rockets, there's no way he's going to find it with the Hawks or anywhere after this. I think that he's going to fizzle out with the Hawks.
2: Well, it's interesting because this new deal that he struck, Atlanta is his hometown. So like, might be some. So he's going back home to his home team, and what's interesting is like they offered him basically, I think like what the Rockets were offering him, but for a three year deal, and so like they're basically hooking him up when it looked pretty slim pickings for him as like a free agent, because yeah. everyone is on the same boat as you are chase, where it's like, there's no way that he's going to actually like live up to his potential, which is, it sucks. But like they, they threw down the cash. And I think a lot of it was because it is like his hometown. And they're hoping that maybe playing for the hometown, like they're still putting out hope that he's going to, he's just going to wreck shit, you know, in ATL. Well, hope it does well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hope he does too. I just, I think that's the only pull that I think I have for him is that he's going back to his hometown.
2: So hopefully he's inspired. I mean, are you to sad maybe. to see him go, Chase?
0: Yeah, I mean, I when I saw the news, I texted Cole and I was like, "What the fuck is happening to our team?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I just it just spells that yet again the Rockets are in a fucking transitory, just team building type phase, and that's just it sucks. I mean, you there so are
2: like thirty other teams the- and. <laughs>
0: The NBA, right? That's true. I mean, and and it might be good to go ahead and try to develop young talent instead of getting these washed up role players. We we can just develop our own role players around James Harden because James Harden is a fucking superstar. Like, you look at his stats game to game. The guy is putting up insane amount of points, tons of assists. The dude is a fucking good player. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads me to my last little talking point, which is the big
2: one. This is the almighty... That happened that no one expected that no one thought could happen. Kevin Durant going oh. to to the Warriors. What the yeah, fuck, man. Like
1: I just it okay, looks I'm, desperate. Does it? Well, I don't know. Desperate what from mean? Kevin? Yeah, from Kevin. Yeah.
0: To be a this part is what of I mean. something. Look, look. Everybody like he Kevin clearly built up the Thunder to what they are now. Yeah. An incredible feat. The guy like helped that franchise tremendously. He's a tremendous basketball player. All I mean, and like the man wants to win a championship, as does everybody. Like yes. I don't fault him for that. All I, uh, what I meant by that joke is it makes him look thirsty. Like you know, it's just like, that's kind of what, what I
2: took. Yeah, it's like a big like, fuck you, LeBron. I'm coming for you, bro.
1: Well, it's just, dude. If you're, you've, he's been on that team for so long, and that. People tend to forget that he's like a human being and he's not a Thunder player, you know, like he, you know, he played for the Thunder. He is not a Thunder character that you choose in a video game. And he's not like from Oklahoma City. He's got no ties there except for the fact that he developed on that team. Yeah. And And he developed that team. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He did work for that team, you know. And honestly, I'm, what's going to happen to the Thunder after this? Because I don't think Russell Westbrook is going to do anything by himself.
2: Well, they traded Serge Ibaka to the Magic.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that team is the most concerning out of all of this is that they aren't
0: going to do anything, I don't think.
2: Yeah, I think Russell's going to be in for a, a pretty harsh run this next year. But but yeah, he I actually, mean... Actually, he
0: may be, be able to shine a little bit, though, because like, it's, just, it's just more ball time for him. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah, it might be a good time for him to, to go somewhere else.
1: I think it's just going to be like a Carmelo Anthony on the Knicks thing where it's like, hey, he's really good. His team is mm-hmm. terrible. His team is awful. And they're not going to do anything, but like, look at those cool shots.
2: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so like kind of to round it out, like um, there I I, I I was I was reading from CBS sports dot com and they were they were speculating about the whole Kevin Durant deal and They were talking about what Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, what he had to say about it. Uh, They said that the massive jump in the cap from 70 to 94 million, plus the Warriors getting Stephen Curry for like a ridiculous under, like he's not paid at all what he should be paid considering how he's performing. Those those sorts of factors paved the way for him to be able to like be a part of this team <laughs> yeah, this I was year. Gonna
1: say how much money could they have to like? This they do have a
2: luxury tax system where like you can pay more than the cap, but it's like double and like there's all these like you know drawbacks or whatever. Yeah. But I think that I think it's just like a perfect storm again, where like they set it up and like Stephen Curry's being underpaid, and I think a lot of their other star players right now are probably being underpaid because they kind of just came out of the woodworks and are yeah. awesome. Um, and then now is, they have this superstar in their how team. How much is Stephen Curry being paid? If you don't mind me asking, I do not know. I do not have that uh, that spec, but I'm sure it's not he worth. He is like the only person that should be getting paid the
1: 118 million. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's <laughs> what I mean when we're talking about James Harden. James Harden is not putting in the work that Stephen Curry is
2: doing. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with that. I, I I think that if anybody, I think Stephen Curry should probably be paid the most. I yeah. think that he completely revitalized that that organization. That dude doesn't miss <laughs> shots. <laughs> he has like 50% Dude three point shot. It is unreal. Um but but this is a quote from Adam Silver the the commissioner on the Kevin Durant trade. He said, "I don't think it's a it's good for the league, just to be really clear. I will say whoever is the prohibitive favorite, try telling that to 430 other players who aren't on those two teams. I mean, we have the greatest collection of basketball players in the world in our league. So I'm not making any predictions, but there's no question" when you aggregate a group of great players they have a better chance of winning than many other teams which kind of sounds obvious but at the same time it's kind of a controversial statement that's kind of like saying that like the spurs will never have a chance cuz they don't have like you know two or three superstars on their team that are like you know these these outrageously flashy guys when i feel like they are always in it because they have teamwork and they have like chemistry in their team, and they have like fundamentals and shit. Down, they have so. one of the best teams coaches,
1: yeah. and coaches in the league for sure. They just don't have the panache. So do y'all
2: agree? Is it like a foregone conclusion that the Warriors absolutely will be in the finals next year? And that I mean, it's win? one
0: more superstar on that team who is like you're going to get to the point where you might these players might start kind of trying superstars want chiefs. the ball yeah, yeah that's too kind too of know? what I'm wondering. like yeah. it was
2: kind of like that with uh kevin durant harden and westbrook and the thunder, yeah. everybody yeah. wanted the ball and like it was just a little too much the only thing that made that work in the first place was that harden came in as a sixth player he wasn't even starting yeah. on that and so like i i don't even know if i don't even know if kevin durant being on there automatically gives them that sort of like Oh, like there's no one that'll ever be able to beat them. Like I, I doubt that they'll have the run that they had this year with Kevin Durant.
1: But I don't think that Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry clash in any way, <laughs> yeah. as far as their place. I mean, there's a role for both of them on the on the court at one time. So, mm. yeah.
0: All right, man. Well, that was our sports segment that we haven't pulled out in a while. That was yeah. a fun one to talk about. Let's go ahead and move on to listener mail. This is Nick's Nick's Mail Corner. It's Got a few things to bust into today. The first one comes from our favorite Dunter horse set.
2: I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting and to I'll like s- really like it now. Yeah. Well, he's saying <laughs> so. Say when Max
0: is on about. the show for five consecutive episodes, he becomes a co-host. But when I email in five episodes in a row, I get shit.
1: <laughs> and he's got a point, <laughs> Nick. I mean, we did put Dunter. out the ad
0: that if you emailed in, you're going to get the thing named after you. I feel like we got to come to a head here. Yeah. You know, like what's going on with with Dunter? Well, it?
2: Dunter's mail corner. Are y'all like? Un- in the kind of position where y'all are down to change it to Dunter's mail corner?
0: I mean Hunter, we're asking you because his name yeah, is Dunter of, yeah.
2: You might not
1: know this, but it's kind of a play on
2: your name. Like, yeah, I guess I guess the pressure is on me and, and since I'm down, I'm down for whatever the crews down for. I know I know what Dunter wants. But uh but you know, I mean, I really like the mail corner as it exists right now too. So Plus, I say we just I say we just ham it out after this, and uh, we come to a, 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 a firm conclusion, and you know what, firm. Dunter? <laughs> you know what, Dunter? What we decide, that's what's going to be going to stick. But I am really excited that you email. We love it. Thank though. you, Dunter. You're, you're one of our most faithful followers. We love it.
0: Dunter sent his email question to wittybantershow at gmail.com, and he says, what's up? Earlier this week, I overheard a guy talking about how lactose intolerance is a big farce that was created in order to help soy, almond, and other dietary (laughs) dietary (laughs) replacement products. Now, I myself don't agree with this guy's opinion. However, it inspired my question of the week. So, is there a commonly accepted idea that you think is a load of horse shit? Yours forever and always, Dunter, I'm kind of a big deal, (laughs) horse
1: Oh, gee, Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this not, is tricky because none of us want to be like <laughs> in trouble for like slandering what could be, you know, yeah, we don't want to get too controversial here you know. or something. Um,
0: well, I mean, going off of like the food realm, like everyone and their mother at a certain point was like, Oh, it's gluten free, and everyone who saw that was like, Oh, it's healthy. Like, yeah. that's not what that means at all. <laughs> I still don't
2: know what that means, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean it was the same thing with like fat free stuff where like everyone thought that like frozen yogurt was good for you because you it was fat free. It's like, yeah, it's also loaded with sugar and yeah. shit, you
0: idiot. Or like, anytime you see a car commercial that's like now locked in with eco boost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those buzzwords, dude. Fucking oh buzzwords. You're like, welcome. We have green twat seating. <laughs> oh, green. Man. Twat? Hey, you feel that on the bottom of that seat, man? That's
1: that's green twat. That's uh, the green twat,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I mean, do you feel like there's any like video game tropes that you're just like that just fucking doesn't mean anything?
0: uh I'm real fucking sick of loot, A loot, yeah, loot I drops, that. hate that shit now, yeah, but yeah, yeah. anyway,
2: I don't know, yeah, I, I guess nothing really pops out to mind, um but. But yeah, I think I think we kind of we kind of hit on a couple things. I guess. Well, I would say that one that I would think of, and it's
1: not that I don't think it exists, but it's definitely over like diagnosed and becomes an excuse from a lot of people that I've met is like people who claim to have like ADHD or something like that. Oh, thank dude, that you. That drives me insane. <laughs> oh my and there's God. people who suffer from that, and that sucks. But when people are just like, "Yeah, dude, I'm just like no good at school because I've got like ADD and stuff," it's like I know you as a person,
2: and you are lazy and you don't fucking care. It really <laughs> bothers me because like I. I I'm pretty positive that like ADHD is not like a firm medical term, like a terminology where you're like, yep, this person has it and these people don't. Like, I'm pretty sure it's just like a like a colloquial term that describes like more of like symptoms as opposed to like causes. And it stuff. has to be diagnosed uh, psychiatrically. So, yeah. So like that leaves a little bit of loose ends in that. Yeah, Not it to makes, diminish a psychiatric it really degree. It does. Or, it makes people just be like, oh, like I don't have to do this because, like, you know, I'm just kind of ADHD. And you're like, dude, you're full <laughs> of shit, man. Like, come on. Yeah. No. That
0: John Denver's full of shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's this my next one. question comes from Twitter at drthrax 33 who's a good friend of mine because he comes and he hangs out on my uh, Twitch broadcast. Thrax is a really cool guy. He plays Dark Souls. Nice. His question is. What is your most satisfying platinum? And now, I know that you two aren't big trophy hunters. And so, if I need to just answer this solo, I can. (laughs) I don't think I've ever platinumed anything. My most satisfying platinum trophy, and here's the deal, I have been achievement hunting way longer than I've been getting uh, trophies for the PlayStation, but my most satisfying platinum is easily Bloodborne, only because I don't have Dark Souls 3s yet, but even when I get it, it's still not going to be as satisfying, because Bloodborne, you essentially had to go into these dungeons that were, like, kind of separate from the game. (laughs) I remember that. And kill, like, the hardest bosses, again, with half of your life. It was fantastic fucking absurd it was like they were harder
2: too right like they were harder and you had half your life yeah
0: yeah and like the the final one in that dungeon it was a 15 minute boss fight me just fucking whittling this thing down it was absurd i also even though it's not a trophy i want to give a shout out to uh halo 3's achievements by the time halo 3 and halo 3 odst had come out you could get Recon armor in the game by unlocking every every achievement, and there was like something around like seventy five of them. I got every single one of them, and it took me a long ass time, and I was super proud of that. That's yeah. pretty awesome.
2: I mean, again, I don't want to start more salt, <laughs> but, but Max didn't, was yeah. better than you in Halo Three. No, didn't didn't you? Were you the only one out of us to uh, five star all of the Gattario Three? Um, I mean, I did. Yeah. See, so I think so. Okay, that's I that's that pretty a, impressive. That's Cause like thing. that means that you five started all of Guitar Hero one through three, right? Yeah. See, like, oh, man, <laughs> that is that is impressive. Thank you. Thank I didn't even finish through the Fire and the Flames, dude. I was like, I I, I gave it a good solid like. Maybe about three fourths of what I gave the effort of Jordan, but I was just like not getting well, close, and I was like, "Fuck this, man!" Please. I can't
0: say, Hunter. Even like we can give you a trophy for being Max's biggest cheerleader right now, if you want.
2: <laughs> 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 I, I put no, this. Bring with it out. No she had it ready, so it's perfect. I'm just trying to dig <laughs> for what we've done. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, All right. Yeah, Thank you for the, the only, question. The only uh, platinum thing next
0: thing I'm going
1: for would be oh, platinum and Street Fighter. Is the only platinum thing that I really want. So. So, yeah, hopefully I'll be them in that soon.
2: Have you looked at like? Have you all looked at the achievements for what it takes to do? Is it like a bunch of bullshit where you have to be like, hit somebody with a small jab seventy times yes. in a row in purely one purely wins. Rank. Is that mostly what it is? It's all what it is. That's awesome. So that's, that's a good. platinum,
1: right? I mean, I
2: yeah. think it would be. I think it's like more legitimate when you have like a platinum that's based off of your off your talents as opposed to just doing stupid shit in the game. That's cool. that's like, a
0: good segue because our next question comes from Twitter at it's Van Aiken, um, the guy whose podcast I was on Pixel Pulse Radio, and he says it's somewhat been, relevant. Did really well on that, by the way what makes a great trophy-slash-achievement list? And he asked that because I was actually working on our game's trophy list today, and it was like this weird full-circle moment where I was like, oh, my God. I'm making these things now. <laughs> You're about to people put this pain onto the other on people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like... I do think that there is some fun in making trophies that make you explore the game in different ways, right? But... I do also think that you have to acknowledge the majority of your trophies going towards like your talent and your your depth as a gamer in that game. Like if if you have a game where the majority of the trophies are like the biggest, most important trophies are based around you like doing some stupid BS that like you would never even consider considerably imagine doing, then that's like it's disincentivizing to play the game. You know, it
1: sucks. Yeah, I would say that, like, the best kind of trophies are the ones that you get without really, like, looking necessarily at the details of what it takes to get these trophies. As (laughs) much as it is just, like, naturally exploring the game and naturally being somebody who's so invested in a game that they want to, like, explore every far corner that there is to do. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, grinding things, it's like Chase is talking about, like, grinding in Dark Souls 3 for this last couple achievements is not fun. It's not... Pleasurable. It's just there for a prestige, just to be, hard, kind just of. To be hard, and yeah. just yeah, exactly, just to be complicated, and just to like keep somebody technically playing the game while you Sometimes you might not even be having fun doing it.
0: Yeah. So from like a developer perspective, the things that we were thinking about today, it's actually better to give trophies for uh, like measuring progress rather than like completing progress. Hmm. Like it kind of. It it gives you more motivation to go through the like an entire process of a game rather than just saying like finish this one thing and the one thing is really big because that'll give you kind of like this sticker shock moment where it's like oh, I'm not even gonna get into that but if it's like <laughs> you know make it if there's like a couple milestones through that process that you're rewarding them for it's gonna make them want to keep going through it yeah the other thing is putting trophies on. Different systems or something in the game that probably weren't going to be explored too much without it, because it's going like if there's a really fun aspect of your game that you know is the main shtick, like don't put a trophy on it because you know everyone's going to be playing it anyway. Instead, if you put a trophy for like collecting all the Gwent cards or something in uh, The Witcher, well now you're going to get players who are going to be exploring a mini game that you put in your game who may not have done it um, either words or either ways. It might
1: find that or, they really like it too through yeah exploring exactly those trophies.
0: And ones that also make you like sort of play the game differently I think are really fun. And I'll use Dead Space as an example. When I first played that game, I looked at the achievement list, and there was an achievement for going through the entire game with only using the starting gun. And I was like, well, this is something I can do right now from the get-go. And it made me play the game fundamentally different. And I honestly think I had a better time because of it. Oh, yeah. um, it was just interesting to play through the game that way. Uh, so those are a couple things that I would throw in there.
2: I'll, awesome. I'll, I'll also say that, like, it's... It sucks when you play the game and like you've set some sort of personal goal and then you don't get acknowledged for it in the game, like either through a trophy or through something else, like going back to The Witcher, like I, uh, I explored every fucking question mark on, yeah. on, on The Witcher 3, like before, you know, all the updates and all, all the, uh, you know, the, the DLC, but I uh, uncovered every single question mark and I didn't even get like a... A reward for that. I was just like, "Oh, guess that's it." <laughs> so, <laughs> it seems Hunter, like fun was the reward. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like I'd also say that like it's just important to identify like the clear, obvious objectives. Like you should reward people for the big obvious shit that that people are gonna yeah, be
0: You want to re- reinforce like the self efficacy of being good at a game. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I agree. Okay, our next question comes from Ben Ebig, who went to our website, wittybantershow.com to submit his question. The and he super says, fans. Yeah, he's a badass. <laughs> he says, in honor of Pokemon Go, my question this week to you guys is, what is the furthest you have ever traveled away from home, either by yourself or with friends? Ooh, good question. It's like a get-to-know-your-banners. It really is. Uh, so f- for me, it's obvious, Germany. So Yeah, um, yours is the to coolest you, one. I, well, you yeah, went to, to the Czech Republic. Up. That's farther from home. Yeah, I guess that's true. So to catch everybody <laughs> up for uh, that hasn't been listening for a while, and like two summers ago, Hunter and I both traveled abroad. I went to Germany for two and a half months to do a German language program, and there, when I was in Germany, I went to Prague, uh, I went to London and Berlin, and so you know, traveling halfway across the world was definitely the furthest away from home that I'd been. And honestly, I'm itching to get back. So
2: yeah, yeah, I'd say either like either like Budapest. That felt really far from home, uh, or, yeah. or or the Czech Republic. I mean, yeah, my my stay in my study abroad was um, it was five weeks in the Czech Republic, and that was definitely a different place. It was <laughs> it was funny, like being such an obvious American uh, compared <laughs> to so many other like post. <laughs> Post communist, you know, people who are like on a trolley that like don't say shit and we're like oh!
1: walking around you with know, like an American flag T shirts yeah. tanked up. <laughs> Where's the party at dude? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Drinking out of red cola solo yeah. cups everywhere.
2: Yeah, but it, like like going on with like hung- uh, Budapest, like one um I think like the most memorable thing we did there was like we had this uh, this Euro like spa Hungarian bath party that went from like ten thirty to three thirty a three thirty AM and like it was just, it w- It looked like a movie. It looked like something you'd see like in Eurotrip or some bullshit where like people are literally just raging as hard as they can in these like big Hungarian bass. And so, like, that was when I felt like the farthest from home or like the farthest from like normalcy that I've ever been. So, yeah. Yeah, I've gone to like Austin. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, honestly, with friends. Come on. <laughs> well, with
1: friends and stuff. I haven't traveled outside of. Texas for the most part I mean I've gone to like Oregon and I've never been Florida, to Florida, and they were pretty cool, both for obvious reasons. I would say Oregon is probably the coolest I like I like a like a I like a rainy beach you know I'm we got to get you down to Mexico, guy. Max. we
0: got to get you to Japan. That's what we need to do. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, Let's revisit this in a year and and all
1: go to Japan.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: to Japan.
1: (laughs) I would love to go to Florida.
2: I I feel like for some reason (laughs) I have this weird thing where, like, I don't really want to go to China. Like, I think it would be great to go to China, but I would much rather go to Japan Japan than China first, I think. Yeah, Yeah. it's
0: much more Western. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I know there's kids.
2: all sorts of crazy fads and fashion styles and stuff there that I would like to witness in person. Yeah.
0: All right. Our last question comes from Max Kelleher, who's emailing again yeah, for the second what? time. What's oh, up, Max? Baller. Good to see you. Warm up my brain. <laughs> Seriously, no. I read ahead. Get ready, because this is a big one. <laughs> one oh, good. no. Aye, aye, well, he took,
2: your, he took your onus, man. You said that we like to unfold the big ones,
0: so he's yeah, going to give do. it to yes, us. please. Hey, fellas, I've been listening to more and more episodes. I'm starting to become a loyal fan. The subject matter is entertaining and thought-provoking while not taking itself too seriously. That's us. That's like the the emotive. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) One recommendation for the show, I think you should release what beer you will be drinking slash reviewing before uploading the episode. I think it could be fun to drink the beer with you guys and share your notes and experiences. Maybe even have a widget on your website to let the fans give their 1 to 10 rating of the beer. Just a thought. Dude. That's a fantastic idea.
2: We've Dude. talked about it, but we've never been disciplined enough to actually do it. And yeah. But, that, We're gonna but get the that fact guy. that he's come to the, to the freaking table with cool killer
0: suggestions, Yeah. this guy continues to astound. He does. My question for you three, and he says, Congrats, Max, on the permanent gig. Is this?
1: Thank you, Max. Max. Now get ready. Thank you,
0: Better Max. (laughs) With respect to the perpetrator, which is ethically worse, attempted murder or manslaughter? That is, is it ethically worse to have the intent and premeditation to kill someone, but for whatever reason not be able to carry out the act, or to have no foresight or intent but end up taking a a life? What do you think? It, what do you think? Is it intent or consequence that matters most? Thanks for your time. I look forward to the next episode.
1: Damn. Whoa. <laughs>
2: Damn. Hey,
1: no, that's that's cool. I like this. I like this one. Uh, I'll open it up. Okay. Um, I would say that, like, naturally, at least for me, when I first heard the question, I was going to immediately go towards premeditated, like attempted murder or like just premeditating a murder or planning out a murder and just happened. But like immediately I thought like you tried and were not successful due to like, you know, police or some other thing that comes in the mind. But Mm -hmm. he also kind of focuses more on like the idea that like you kind of got it all together and you had so much like whatever it was, hatred, hatred, or desire to kill somebody, Mm -hmm. and you ended up not getting to that breaking point, which is arguably the point that makes you a murderer or not. Hmm. And, you know, I've never, like, necessarily wanted to just straight-up murder somebody, but I've been, like, salty and gotten really (laughs) mad and done things that I, like, (laughs) through those actions uh, regretted, even if it was something as simple as, like, hitting something or, like, a wall or something like that, to where, you know, I regret that immediately but felt out of my body in those sense, right? Yeah. So, but at the same time, you don't just want to say, like, you're automatically... Because I don't think you're a murderer if you kill somebody by accident. You killed somebody, but you're not a murderer.
2: Yeah, I think that's what he's saying, is that that would be manslaughter, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's manslaughter, but I wouldn't say you were a murderer. I think that, like... But that also depends on what your definition of that is. I think, like, drunk driving and killing somebody is murder, but I don't think that... Hmm. I wouldn't say that, like... Wow. That's... You know, any sort of, like... Designated that's as something as being an accident. Or so
0: you're something. saying if it's if it's like negligence and yeah, manslaughter combined, negligence. then in its then it's murder.
2: Yeah, hmm, I, I think that's so. uh, that's a really good point. Uh, that's what I, I would say. But I'm I, up to discussion
0: for. It. I have my my answer. I've I've known my answer on this for a while, and I think intent is far worse. And the way I always think about it is like if you have let's take two of the same acts. Like in in case A, you have a man who said, "I'm going to get in my car today." And I'm going to drive through the city and I'm going to fucking hit someone on the sidewalk and I'm going to kill them. I'm going to do this. I'm going to kill and, and I hope it's kids. Right. And then <laughs> they drive downtown. <laughs> and they run over children. They murder these kids. OK. And then you have somebody <clears throat> who's driving downtown in a car. Same street. Same children on the sidewalks. Um, He's something happened with his diabetes and he passes out. and He hits these kids and he kills them. I definitely think that in case A, you have a murderer, someone who had the intent to kill, you have a more evil person, that is far worse. That is ethically worse. But
1: that's somebody who, like, so what do you define him being evil as? Because obviously
2: he didn't do it. Yeah. Did he drive
1: up and go like, no, 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 I can't do this?
2: Yeah, because I think, because the question is is that he has the intent to kill and actually doesn't do it. Because I... I, I know my answer.
0: Oh, like the question itself in this example is that it's he, doesn't a, he doesn't hit the kids. Doesn't hit the kid was not able to carry so it it's out.
1: Definitely more tragic event in the latter, which is that a bunch of kids died or a bunch of people died. So like a like
0: a classic. Interesting. Okay, that's an interesting <laughs> wrinkle.
1: <laughs> like yeah, a- I thought it was just like if somebody killed somebody by accident or if they wanted to, who was worse?
2: Uh, like a classic auditor, I'm going to qualify my answer. Okay. Uh, so ethically. Uh, the intent to kill somebody is worse, but in real terms, in realism, uh, or practically maybe, I think that accident, I think that the loss of life is a worse overall ending state, mm-hmm. right? I think life is the, I, and I think Chase, we've had <laughs> some pretty, uh, ridiculously intense discussions that like. At the end of the day, most of what we have and what we know, the only thing that we're certain about is that we have life, you know, and that is like the highest value for each individual. And so when you take that from somebody, especially like a conscious being, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's like a human that has thought and has emotion and po- possibly spirituality and all those kinds of things, you are depriving life. And like whether or not that's an accident or not, that is probably the worst overall end result. But... I wouldn't say that somebody who accidentally kills somebody, like say you're a doctor and you're trying to like, you know, save somebody's life and you accidentally kill somebody. Like that's not ethically worse than somebody who wanted to go kill somebody and somebody who wanted to go do
0: something and didn't do it. Yeah, I think I'm kind of right there as well. Like it you know, the overall loss of life is just fundamentally in my mind worse because those people are no longer living but i i can at least still look at the person who had the intent to kill as an ethical piece of shit you know <laughs> the end result may may not have like but it, what he asks is what matters most consequence or intent hmm. and it's really hard to make a uh like make a, a decision on that when you have two different results, when you have two different consequences and two different in- intents at the same time. I think if the consequences are the same, then the intent is what matters, you know. Right. But yeah. Anyway, thank you for the question, Max. Like I said, we're happy to answer the big ones.
2: <laughs> yeah, that one's, that one's definitely a brain buster. I'll probably have to circle back around to that. My brain <laughs> yeah. is
0: steaming right now. So. <laughs> So, everybody, if you want to have your question read, uh, wittybantershow at gmail.com is where you can email us, or you can uh, hit us up on Twitter at wittybantershow, um, or you can go to our website, wittybantershow.com. I want to put a big thank you again to everybody who emailed and uh, tweeted in today. Great. It means a lot to us and really helps the show out. Amazing. But let's go ahead and round out the end of the episode and put some numbers on these beers. I will go first. I was very excited about this beer when we first started, I think, and especially as halftime hit. When it comes to the flavor profile, um, I'm going to go ahead and reiterate what I said earlier. Smells kind of yeasty. Tastes of deep red fruits. Um, It's sweet on the front. It's tart on the back end. It's very alcoholic. I find it um, very syrupy and thick, and you can definitely feel the warmth of that alcohol. This beer is a big beer. As it's warmed up, though, I am getting an overwhelming tartness and it's honestly becoming too big for me now. It's becoming not too sweet, but it's just, it's, it's beating me in the face in a way, you know, like I, it's, <laughs> and I don't like in that. I'm fair. not a huge fan of being <laughs> face beaten. And so like, this is a beer that you have to sip. And when you do just sip it, it tastes good. Like the flavor profile is great. It's just as it's warmed up, it's gotten a little too. It's a little. It's getting a little too big for its britches. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I'm, gonna it a, on, yeah. I'm gonna give it a hold
2: on sixth class.
0: I'm gonna give it a six point five. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Respectable. One. Yeah.
1: No. I mean. I, I, okay. I'll go next. So I just wanted to kind of reiterate on some of the things you said. It's definitely like dark fruit characters are coming through predominantly. Like And it might not be, I was expecting, of course, when you said fig, I was like, ooh, fig, but it's like nothing, that I can't taste fig in particularly, but fruit in the same class and very ambiguous and close to it, uh, we would say. That, um, I would say that it like almost got heavier the more that I drank it. I think I was so much like, I was expecting so much of a heavier taste and body to it that at the beginning I thought that it was like nice and light like Hunter did. I think that I've kind of come around to more thinking that, it, it does have a weight to it. And by like the last sips that I was taking to it, I like I felt like it filled me up almost in that sense. Um, I would say that it's kind of like a little bit of like a multi roundness in the end of it, you know, like it described, you know, it was nothing too harsh, but there was definitely something else in there, kind of like that. and with that yeast and other uh, bready sort of smells and tastes and textures to it. Um, I like it. I don't think it's the best I've ever had. Um, I will kind of even it out even more. I would say a 5.5 right in the middle of the spectrum. Okay. Oh, master of quadrupels. Yes.
2: Uh, That's been said. I'm going to, ha- I mean, I, like normal, I'm going to have to ride off y'all's coattails with the, uh, the, the notes of flavors I'm getting. I think you nailed it in that like the smell does have like this breadiness to it and that as it's warmed up, it does have like a little bit more of like the sourness Um, it's just, for me, it's, it's really alcoholic. Like it, like there have been other beers that we've had that are as high of alcohol percentage as this, that, that hit it a lot more and that went down a lot easier than this. Um, this doesn't hide it as well. Um, that being said, I mean, I don't think that like, it's a horrible take on a quadrupel. Like I've had other quadrupels that are very similar to this. Um, I think I, I'm going to stick to my guns. I still think it's for, for like my experience with it was that like it was carbonated and like my, my mouthfeel for it was just a little bit washier, like a little bit watery and thinner. Um, but I will say that I still liked it and I still like respect its complexity, complexity and like some of the or aspects of it. I'm going to go a
0: little bit above,
2: actually, No. I'm gonna go 6.5. I think, that's, I think that's an appropriate score to give it.
0: Yeah, I do want to say I bet this beer is really good when paired with food. I, I bet this is an awesome, like just yeah. banquet hall medieval feast beer. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Big old turkey leg. <laughs> this beer. Bacon wrapped eggs right, on top of some potatoes. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and fucking jettison from this Woody Banner space station and get out of here. Let's do it! Witty Banter is on iTunes. Search Witty Banter. Hit subscribe. All of the episodes will show up in your download queue for free. If you don't have iTunes, that's okay because you can just go to our website, wittybantershow.com to download them there. Or we are we are on various um, Android feeds as well. So if you are looking for us and you can't find us, just send us a message via Twitter or our email address, at gmail.com, and we will try to claim our plot of land on whatever service you've got. <laughs> I, myself, am on Twitter. I'm at Bodacious Chase. Max is at Maxi Dangus, and you can find us there. Also, go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Podcast, and uh, we would love to interact with you. You can send us messages as well. But that's everything that we've got today, so thank you, Hunter. Thank you, Max. I'm Chase. This has been Witty Banter, episode number 67.
2: Hell yeah, Battery,